Hey friends, you are listening to podcast episode 19. This means we've been together in this space for 19 weeks. It's humbling and amazing how many of you have reached out during this time, letting us know how an episode has met you right where you are, which has been the whole point of Unashamedly You, here to encourage and inspire all kingdom-minded women. We wanted to take this time to say a great big thank you for being here, so we've decided to change up our Share to Social giveaway this month. Starting today, March 24th, until April 28th, every single share for our podcast will be entering you in a drawing for a free ticket for you and a plus one to come to our annual Unashamedly You conference held in Little Rock in September. We want you there and we wanted to do something special for you to show our appreciation for every like, subscribe, and share that you have given us. All the details to enter are now posted on our Instagram page. And what better way to kick off this amazing giveaway than with a huge surprise for our podcast listeners. Keep listening until the end for a very exciting announcement that you do not want to miss. We wanted you guys to be the first to know and we cannot wait for you to hear about this. Welcome to the Unashamedly You podcast, a space to enlighten, encourage, and empower you to go out and unashamedly be who God is calling you to be. I am your host, Jamie Herndon. I pray you hear less of me and more of him as you listen to today's episode. Let's grow together. Today, we could not be more excited to be bringing to this podcast platform a lady who is making waves in the scrub industry. She is known for creating a very successful company at an early age and has made a huge impact on kingdom-minded women all over the world. We are delighted to have her here sharing her story with us. Chloe with Sea Saucy Scrubs, welcome to the Unashamedly You podcast. We are so grateful to have you on. Introduce yourself to our listeners. Hi, Jamie. Well, I am so excited to be here and talking with you. And thank you for your patience and the constant reschedules of making this episode happen. But I'm glad we were able to align today and um, get it recorded. But a little bit about me. I am a Southern girl from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, originally. I'm 28 years old and I married my husband about four years ago and moved to St. Louis, Missouri to be with him. So we're in the middle of cold weather still, and I'm really missing uh, the warmth that Louisiana provides, but not the humidity. I do not miss the humidity. Funny story, I was just there for a ladies' conference this past weekend, and the girl that I brought with me to help run our booth, she came out one morning and she said, I feel like my hair is growing. I said, it's not growing. That's just the humidity making it stand straight up. So (laughs) that is hilarious. (laughs) Don't miss that humidity, but I do love good Cajun food and crawfish and all the good things that growing up in Louisiana afforded me. Um, But I do live in Missouri now with my husband, Brock, and we have a four-year-old Australian shepherd named Teddy. Unique thing about him, he's got one blue eye and one brown eye. So he is um, the Merle breed and very active and hyper, but he keeps us very busy. So we love him. When I moved here four years ago, I was still working as a registered nurse. And I guess I should introduce myself that I did go to nursing school to become a nurse. 
And when I moved here, I was still working as a nurse until God called me to step away from that path um, about a year and a half ago and to run a company called Sea Saucy Full Time, which is a scrub skirt company that specializes in scrub skirt sets. It's a medical apparel company. So that's a little bit about me. I'm sure I missed some things there, but I figured that's a decent little introduction. Well, we are so delighted to have you on here to hear more about you and how you started this company, because literally I hear every apostolic in the medical field raging about sea saucy scrubs. <laughs> like I have heard about sea saucy scrubs from my sister is a nurse practitioner. I've got friends. I got a friend that's doctor of nursing and oh. cousins that are in the medical field. Literally everybody that I know that's in the medical field talks about sea saucy scrubs. So oh. you didn't start out as an entrepreneur. You just said that you were an RN. So tell us a little bit about what you were doing before you started your business and how you got sea saucy scrubs started. Sure. So at the age of 11, Um, My great-grandmother was ill. She had Alzheimer's and dementia and all the things that happen, you know, at that point of your life sometimes. But my grandfather was taking care of her. And I remember going over there with him and things that make the normal human being queasy and nauseous just didn't seem to have an effect on me. And I ended up jumping in you know, kind of to help them and kind of took over some areas where they were a little uncomfortable. And I remember in that moment, God called me to go to nursing school at 11 years old. And I didn't know what that journey would look like or why that was a calling that was given to me at such an early age, but it was. And I I deviated from that path a little bit. When I first went to college, I actually went to be an ultrasound technician or a sonographer And I was in the middle of an anatomy and physiology class on my college campus. And my professor asked to speak with me after class. She wanted me to stay around for a second. And this secular professor that I had only known as being, you know, the one up there instructing me and teaching me about anatomy and physiology started pouring into my life and just saying that I was made for more. I didn't need to shortchange myself. I needed to go all the way. And she didn't even know what my plans were for career-wise. She just simply was talking in general general terms of, you need to make sure you're challenging yourself and just go do great things. And so that discussion with her put me back on my track of where God had called me at 11 years old. And so fast forward, I get into nursing school. It's a three and a half year program. And so many God moments happened throughout that educational journey. Um, There were classes that that got rescheduled so that I could go to church on a Wednesday night or so that I could go be a part of prayer meetings on Monday nights. And those were just little prayers that I don't even know if I whispered out loud, but I felt like the Lord was so personal in those moments that he knew my heart and he knew that my desire was to do a little bit of both. And so I'm thankful for all of those moments and anyone listening to this podcast, if you're in the middle of your educational career, I so encourage you to get a journal and start writing down all of the little moments that God is going to work out and reveal himself to you in a personal way. Because I have my journal and I call it my Jehovah Jireh journal because he was my provider in those times. And I would encourage anyone listening or anyone I come in contact with, I always gift them a journal or tell them to get one because You never want to forget those moments. And when life gets hard in the future, 
you can look back on that journal and see the precedent of how the Lord worked in your life and that he can do it again. So that's just a snippet there. Sorry, I got off on a rabbit trail, but throughout that career, God revealed himself to me in such a special way. I had the opportunity to pray with classmates and, you know, I looked different. I was different on my college campus. Um, I wore a scrub skirt or a scrub dress. And while they weren't the most fashionable thing, everyone knew that that's what I was going to wear. And I remember one time I sat down and the scrub dress buttoned all the way down. And when I sat down, you have like the awkward little peep holes through the buttons that make you so uncomfortable. But that was the only option available at the time. And I was like, man, there's just got to be a fix for this. This is not okay. But fast forward, I went through that. That was a very tough season of my life. I felt like God was not far away from me because he was near to the broken. And I was definitely stressed and broken through that season. Um, but he was silent. He was he was pretty quiet. And it, it didn't take too long for me to realize that his silence did not equal his absence. And that still small voice that told me to go to nursing school was, was with me the whole entire time saying, just finish what I told you to do in the first place. You haven't finished what I told you to do in the first place. Once you get through this, then I'll reveal to you the next step. And I remember just thanking God in that moment of, you know, I hear I am stressing about the next season or my next step and my next path. And I haven't finished or completed what I was supposed to do initially. So that helped me tremendously, got through that journey, got a great job, at a hospital in Baton Rouge. I was a mother baby nurse. So I would get the mom and the babies two hours after delivery. And that was really special. Got to meet a lot of people, but just never felt super, super settled in my career. I never felt like I really found my niche in the nursing profession. I loved everything that I did. And I ended up working a couple different jobs, but Truthfully, like the schedule for me working 12 hours at nighttime, it was really hard and not easily conducive with the church life that I had previously been a part of and didn't really just always blend with what I wanted for my future schedule. And so the Lord started working with me on that and I got a job at a clinic. And so I worked Monday through Friday, no weekends, no holidays. And it was like a, it was an OBGYN clinic. And Again, another amazing experience, but just feeling like, okay, God, there was a reason I'm on this journey. And if it is to be a nurse for the rest of my life, then I will be, you know, totally good with that. I love this profession. I love these people. I love the unity that, you know, being on a medical team builds and there's just nothing to replace that. But I always felt like there was just something more. And I woke up one morning. And was just really frustrated that I had to spend so much money getting scrub pants turned into scrub skirts. And at that job that I had just accepted, I needed five different colors of scrubs. So Monday would be black, Tuesday would be purple, Wednesday would be Caribbean blue. And I just remember stressing like, oh, dear Lord, like I can't find scrub skirts anyway, much less need them in two weeks and all of these colors. And so, of course, my mom, she's amazing. She's always turned my volleyball shorts into a skirt throughout my life. And she's the one that instilled that confidence in me to remain different and to be who I am on, in any setting. 
but she took me to a scrub shop. We bought the five sets of scrubs. I bought my normal size. I brought them to a tailor and the lady said, if you want this to be a medium skirt, then I need extra large pants to turn them into. And I just remember thinking, I have to drive across town now, return these, get the extra large size to be turned into a medium skirt. And on top of that, pay an extra $60 a skirt for the oper- for the alterations. And that is when I pretty much put my foot down and was like, you know what, Lord, you've been talking to me about this, but I, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta do something. Th- this is ridiculous. Um, so that's kind of how See Saucy came into motion. It was strictly out of a personal need for me. And I've realized if I'm struggling with this, there has to be so many other ladies that just don't have a voice that I don't know about yet that are struggling with this. And so that is kind of how that initiated. And so to round about your question, I was a nurse before before becoming an entrepreneur and see Saucy completely and 100% started out as a need for me and me wanting to fill that need. That is so amazing. And that's really how every business starts. You see a need and you go to work on the need. I love a couple of things that you said. One thing that you said was God was silent, but silence did not equal his absence. Yes. We see so many times in so many situations in our lives where God is silent, but his silence does not equal his absence. He still brings peace. He still brings help. He still brings strength, but it feels like he's a million miles away because he's being silent, but it doesn't mean that he is a million miles away. He's right there with us every step. And then you had also said to go through the steps and he'll reveal the next step. How many times do we (laughs) want to know what's next? I know my husband said not too long ago, he's like, it's like God gives you this big vision and it's way over here. And then he says, he's going to order our steps. So that means step one and then step two, (laughs) (laughs) he's going to order our steps to get there. But we see, I'm like, I see that over there and I want to jump over there really fast. Um, I don't want to have to go through the steps, but you said you had to finish the one step and he was going to come through for the next one. So you see the need and you are fed up with it. So what happened next? I can, I interject really quick on the silence part that you, you brought up. Oh, for sure. (laughs) That has been something that's been a, a personal journey for me. And when you read the book of Esther, God is not mentioned one time in that book. That is the only book in the Bible. I believe you can check me on that where he is not mentioned one time, but that entire story revolves around his providential hand and his invisible hand leading and guiding and directing every part of that book. And so in that season of my life, that is what I attributed it to. It's God, you know, I don't necessarily hear from you right now because I'm still completing the task you initially spoke to me about, but I know you are right there and you are guiding my every step. And so I have to trust that provincial hand that is, yes, seemingly invisible to me, but oh, so close. Oh, so close. I've never heard that before. (laughs) This is already so inspiring. So you, you see the need and you decide to, to start your business. So tell us a little bit more how that got started. So I see the need, I get frustrated. I'm like, you know, Lord, there, there has to be a way. It is absolutely ridiculous that you cannot walk into a scrub shop 
and find a modern scrub skirt. Okay. It's really difficult to walk in a scrub shop and find any scrub skirt. Usually you have to special order it. You get it in. It's, you know, that awkward mid-calf link that's cotton parachute material. You have to alter the mess out of it to even get it somewhat to where you'd be comfortable to wear it. And if you can find that in a scrub shop, then you might be in a Southern state that's in the Bible belt because there's a lot of these other states that, I mean, they really don't see scrub skirts. So frustrating. Yes. Pushed me to take action. Yes. And I don't claim to have been the first person to have this idea. I think the Lord was looking around saying, you know what, this need needs to be accomplished. This is something that I need to happen. And I just need the first person to say yes, and they can run with it. And so I want you to know, this is nothing by my own power or my own might. This is a truly inspired God-breathed dream that I think I just, whether in my own naivety, agreed to say yes to, (laughs) and I'm thankful for it because it's a fun ride, but it's definitely God that drives this business. So all of that happened. I woke up one morning and I said, you know what, dad, I want to start a scrub skirt company. And I was still living at home at the time. And I said, and I woke up with what it should be called. And I already drew out the logo of what I think it should look like. And I drew it on a napkin. And um, my dad was like, okay. He said, can you not just go, you know, buy a scrub skirt? And so I started to do my elevator pitch to him, which I didn't even know was a thing at that point. Cause I went to nursing school. I can take your vitals, but like elevator pitches and stuff like that, that was so new to me. So I started to pitch this to him and he had been a part of my journey the entire time. He knew the struggle, but when I really sat down and voiced my personal journey, it was like, okay, well then how can we make this happen? Around that time, someone um, brought the idea to me that there was an entrepreneurial competition happening at North American Youth Congress that year in 2017. And they just flippantly said, you know, Chloe, you kind of have that entrepreneurial spirit, which I didn't know I did. You should like put something together and be a part of this competition. And so I was like, you know what? You didn't even know that I've got this business plan that I want to execute. So it was kind of just that confirmation, like, you know, this was going to happen with or without that competition, but why not go and challenge myself and make this, make this a real thing. And so I entered the the competition and did all of the pitches, ended up um, pitching this business plan in the semifinals at North American Youth Congress that year. And then five companies were selected for the final round, which if you made it in that final five, then that meant you pitched Friday night of Youth Congress in front of 40 plus thousand people in Lucas Oil Stadium. So secretly, I was like, dear God, please do not let me win. Like, I I don't want to pitch in the finals. You understand I am not that type. Like, I will speak to people, but singing in front of people, but 40,000 people, I just could not get over that. But again, when you say yes, you say yes to all of it and you submit your will over and over and over again. And so in that moment, God was like, you know what? You have to say yes again. So um, ended up pitching that night in front of 40 plus thousand people and the Lord shined on us. And we actually took first place in that competition. And I I'm thankful for that because of the exposure that we received. And at this point though, it was not even a company. I mean, I think we had, we had purchased an LLC, 
um, we were working on product, but I did not have a finished scrub skirt until like the week before NAYC for me to pitch in. So from that, we gained tons of exposure. Our social media pages blew up. We were getting all these requests for things that was like, sorry, guys, we don't even have product yet. Like you got to give us some time. Now we had, we had some ideas and we had some things in the works, but it wasn't until after that where we really knew, okay, this is how great this need is. The response that we got, there was one youth pastor's wife there who told me, she told her young people, you will not eat tonight if you don't vote for that company because you don't understand how we need scrub skirts, which made me laugh bribing kids of their food that will make them vote really quickly. But anyways, it just showed, it confirmed again, the need for this. And so I was thankful to have that confirmation. And then after that, we started getting fabric suppliers and manufacturers together. Again, knowing nothing about number one, me business. My dad has been in business. He and my mom have run several businesses and have always been entrepreneurs, but The apparel business has been something that we've all had to learn. So learning that process, getting fabric samples in, getting swatches in, you know, not knowing what we're doing. I remember one fabric swatch showed up and it was literally like scuba wear. It was so thick and we just laughed our heads off because we had been waiting so long to get this fabric swatch and we're so excited. And then we get it and I could have, yeah, DC fished or scuba scuba dived. (laughs) It was so thick. So it was always a learning process, always a learning process. Every part of it, I felt like an amateur at, you know, I, and I know the Lord kept giving me inspiration and kept helping me, but I went to nursing school and felt very good about that education that I had, but this business stuff, I had no formal training in. And so everything was an uphill battle. Everything was a new challenge. Everything was me having to learn or educate myself or overcome an obstacle or even a a skill set that I didn't currently have in that season. And so I know this has been a forming and a, a shaping process of me, but ultimately I had to keep the need at the forefront of my mind. And my brother... He used to be my youth pastor. And in one of the services, he talked about what ministry meant to him. And I've kind of adopted his terminology and it's finding a need and meeting that need. And that is the simplest form of ministry. When you see a need, you do everything in your power to meet that. And so, yes, CSAUCY is a business. We have to make money to be able to continue to provide this need, but it is such a ministry for me. The ladies we get to come in contact with, the stories we get to hear, the confidence that is built by looking professional and looking looking the part of the education that you just received, and now you look like you know what you're doing. And I know for females, it's not all about a skirt. It's not all about, a, about what we wear, but how we present ourselves is very powerful in how we perform. And so building that confidence and trying to modernize professional attire for these ladies was to encourage them to continue going into these professions. I thought it was so insane that we had some pastors encouraging our ladies to not uh, pursue these professions because of the limited options available to them. And again, that's a pastor's preference. I'm not faulting that. But if anyone should be caring for the sick in their time of need, it's apostolic Holy Ghost filled ladies that are confident in who they are 
and have the education to back it up. And that burden has become so strong in my life of giving a voice to this community of ladies who mainstream scrub companies never update the scrub skirt. They will constantly make new scrub pants. They will make them athletic. They'll make them antimicrobial and moisture wicking and put all these beautiful properties on them that make their jobs easier, but they never touch the scrub skirt because for them, the market is probably not worth it. It's not big enough for them. But for our community of ladies, there are enough of us. There is an army of medical professionals who want to look good in what they wear, who want to feel like they look the part of the education that they just received. And that has what has continued to drive me and our business. And that is part of our mission statement that we speak over and over and over again. There's a lot of meat that you are giving right here. And I hope that if you are listening to this, you are picking up what she is putting out because this is amazing. So you saw the need. I love that about ministry. It's, it's meeting the need, whatever it is. And ministry is not always behind a pulpit. Mm -hmm. That is one thing that I have said over and over again. It's not always about a pulpit. Ministry is about God has called all of us to minister. It is sharing what he has given us to share, which is the good news. It is healing. It's help. It's peace. It's prayer. Like ministering into someone's life doesn't have to be from a pulpit. And you are doing that from a scrub skirt company. And that is just so amazing to me how you are allowing apostolic women to look apostolic, look professional and be a witness everywhere that they go in those skirts. That is it's just amazing. Well, because Jamie, that is their ministry. When when they miss church or they're working a 12-hour shift, they're holding the patients' hands, they're praying with them. They are working in the spirit, just like someone behind a pulpit would be. And there's this misconception, you're right, of the 10% of ministry being out in front, you know, the singers, the pastors, the leaders, the preachers. And I don't want to get on that soapbox, but if we can shift our mindsets to be, yes, we're all called to be ministers, anything we do can be used for the Lord. He can work through any of that. And so if we can blend our careers with our ministry, that's how this world is going to be reached in this day and age. It's we need apostolic ladies as doctors. We need apostolic ladies as lawyers and constitutional lawyers that are going to help us in the end times when persecution is coming against the church. And if we if we can get those spirit-filled people in these positions, that's what's going to usher in huge revival in these professions. And it's just that I want to advocate for ladies when they are working in those fields. And maybe, maybe not all of them view it as their ministry, and maybe that's a mind shift that we can start to help formulate, but it can be their ministry. It can be the, you know, the same as them witnessing or coming and praying with someone at church well, they're praying with people that our church people would never, ever have the opportunity to pray with or reach. And so it's just a different avenue of ministry. The Bible, it says, says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. And second Timothy 2.15, the whole way that we got started with unashamedly you, it says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth just unashamedly being able to go after and do what God is calling you to do, rather that is 
work in the medical field, no matter what that that is, God is calling you to do it and being able to do it unashamed. And you're helping women to be able to do in their job. So eliminating those barriers, you know, stumbling blocks, could we call them, but barriers. And I personally had some friends that started in the medical field and chose to wear the the normal hospital attire. And I don't fault them for that, but it turned into, okay, well, then I'm going to go to the store and then I'm going to go straight home. And then it turned into, well, then I'm going to stop here at the gym. And it was just this comfort level that kept being knocked down. And again, I'm not putting our salvation on a skirt, but I do think letting things slowly fade away like that, right? It's a slow fade. I lost so many of my friends to this apostolic truth and to things that they previously held and cherished because of the entrance and because of the barriers that were in front of them. And so constantly figuring out how can we make this path easy so that you want to continue to uphold what you believe and you don't have to give in for that. And you can be confident in who you are and what you believe. Say someone is at the beginning stages of this process. So they see the need. They, they maybe even have the dream in their heart. They know that this is what they need to be going after, but they're in that doubting phase, that beginning phase of not knowing which way to go, what to do. What is some advice that you would give them? Oh, that's such a good question. And I can't act like I'm at the end of this because I am very much in the middle of that journey and constantly I'm dealing with self-doubt and I'm constantly saying, Lord, if someone can do this better than I can, bring them to my attention and let me pass it off to them. But ultimately, you're going to have self-doubt. You're going to know that, you know what, this isn't my skill set, but it can be. And see saucy is God's business. I am just stewarding it. And I think that small word of three letters of yes, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, if if their initial reaction without hesitation is, God, you put this on my heart, I want to do your will, I say yes, and they're not going to know what that yes means that day. It's that initial yes, but then every other day it's, okay, Lord, I said yes to this. I'm stewarding this. You need this done. This is a ministry. You need this need filled. Don't pass me by. I am available. I am open and I will sacrifice what I thought my life would look like to help you accomplish this here on earth. And that is so special to me. And I could get emotional talking about it because God did call me to sacrifice a career that I loved and a community of ladies that I love being a part of. And I stepped out of that a year and a half ago, and it's been such a blessing to be able to now take care of the ladies who are taking care of the patients that I used to love to take care of, but it is sacrifice. It is. And I remind myself daily that I said yes, and I have to keep saying yes. And so when you're dealing with self-doubt, when you're dealing with God, I'm not good enough. Well, if he called you to it and you said yes this is the cliche saying, but he will equip you and he will give you the tools that you need to accomplish his purpose. And that is what is so humbling. Yes, it was my idea, but it was God breathed. Someone else had thought of this before. They just hadn't acted upon it. 
And so in those moments where God is calling you to something without hesitation, say, Lord, don't pass me by. I want to be a part of what you need done here on earth. And I'm willing. You have me emotional too, because (laughs) I did the same thing. That's what God called me away from everything I had done for seven years, a team of ladies. And, you know, I was comfortable in that setting. I was blessed in that setting, but it's like, he made me so uncomfortable staying in that same spot that I was willing to become even more uncomfortable doing something that I had no clue what to do. I wasn't able to just get out there and just be comfortable doing, which is podcast (laughs) and, (laughs) and starting unashamedly you But whenever you are willing to do something for the Lord and you really are, if you really deep in your heart, you say, Lord, I'm willing to let myself be put aside, let my dreams and my desires and my goals to be put aside to usher in what you want and what you need in your kingdom. He's going to bless it. He's going to help you. He's going to give you the steps to take. There have been times in unashamedly you, and I'm sure in Seesaw see that Like you said, you had no idea about swatches and fabrics and doing this and doing that, but God saw that you were willing and he honored it and he helped you and he is helping you every step. And it's the same with me. And that's exactly what God's going to do for you. If you're listening to this, he's going to help you with the steps. He gives you one step at a time (laughs) going back to what she said. Sometimes you have to say yes to that step. And then he's going to reveal the next step. And, you know, the Bible says thy word is a lamp unto my feet. When you hold a lamp in front of you, you don't see very far down the path. You see that next step. And it's so true when our motive is get rid of me. I submit my will, my desires, my career. I submit all of that to you to accomplish what you need done. Then it's a beautiful collision of you stewarding something that is so near and dear to God's heart. So you went from an employee to an entrepreneur, and that is a mindset. A lot of times there's an employee mindset and an entrepreneur mindset. Um, What was one of your biggest breakthroughs of going from that employee to entrepreneur? Oh my goodness. It took some time, but I would say schedule the flexibility and flexibility in my life. I prioritize at a very high level. Growing up, my dad was always an entrepreneur. Um, My brother and I were Bible quizzers and he was at everything with us. You know, he worked really hard when he needed to, but he was able to be flexible because he had the freedom of that schedule and coming from working in a hospital where it's just laid out for you, what needs to be done, how long you need to be there, how you're going to be paid It was definitely a difficult switch where now I'm coming into this new startup company where there's no policies and procedures put in place. There's no clock in, clock out. There's no like, okay, Chloe, you're done for the day. You can go home. No, it is around the clock and I have to put those boundaries in place. Um, And thankfully, I'm almost five years down the road now. So I have learned a lot more than what I did in the beginning. But Freedom and flexibility of schedule for me um, is huge. And when I was working 12 hours and I knew something kind of didn't set well with me that I needed to sit on a clock um, when I could get my work done much quicker. (laughs) Uh, And so I'm thankful for that switch. But the mindset wise was this all rises and falls on me. 
you know, I don't have anyone I can pass this off to. Thankfully, we've built a team now. And so we have great, great help. But like, I am the decision maker (laughs) and I have the Lord to help give that provision with those decisions. But I don't get to clock in, stay under the radar, do my job and clock out. I am absolutely the one that is making those final decisions and having to be inspired and having to constantly navigate things, making sure they align with the vision and the purpose. And so I would say my mindset had to shift from um, kind of just getting the job done and you never as an employee want to be that type of employee where you just show up to, you know, earn a paycheck and leave. But there's some seasons of life where that is warranted and you're going to feel like that. But now it's such a passion that my mindset is, no, I've got to do this just with extreme excellence because that's where I've called to do it. So good. And so true. <laughs> I'm it, sure you've been through the same. <laughs> it definitely saying it rises and falls. I mean, it's like if someone gets mad they're coming to you. (laughs) You can't pass it off to a boss. So, um, it's like, okay, I better make sure that this is all done correctly and doing with excellence is something that you have definitely done because I have heard nothing but excellence from sea saucy scrubs, which is why you're seeing the success that you are seeing. Someone wants to follow their calling and they have a dream. What is a last piece of advice that you would give them? I think it ties back into something I think I've talked about a couple other times is say yes. That is the first step is God, I am available and say yes. And obviously prayer is a huge part of this. God can confirm that dream in your spirit because we deal with a lot of human emotions. Lord, is that me thinking of this or did you put that in my spirit? And it can be a difficult task to kind of differentiate what is our human versus what is, you know, from God. Well, the devil's not going to put a good idea in your head. I can promise you that. Um, So if you are feeling a tug, it's going to be about saying yes and submitting yourself that Lord, if this really is from you, I'm going to pray about this. Show me my first step that you want me to take. If that means that I start fasting until I hear from you, I want my spiritual disciplines to help me get the answers that I need to get from this. And ultimately put your boots on and get to work and make it happen. And, you know, the Proverbs 31 lady, she was definitely dainty and she was in her household and she was good at that stuff, but she was also a worker and she was in the market and she was making trades and she was selling things and creating these fine fabrics. And a woman is so powerful and gifted in the dynamics that we can multitask, that we can be properly dressed and dainty and um, feminine when we need to be. And then we can be hard workers and we can be challenged and we can be strong and we are powerful. So my second part to that would be once the Lord confirms it in your spirit, get to work. Wow. (laughs) This podcast has been amazing. And I know it has been such a blessing to the person that is listening to this and to the unashamedly you community. There's no doubt that dreams are about to come to pass from just from listening to this episode. There's no doubt about it. And I can't wait to hear about them. 
So you guys let us know how this podcast has blessed you. And Chloe, thank you so much. I know you're busy. You're an entrepreneur. You've got all the things going on, but thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be on and to share these golden nuggets with us today. We are so blessed to have you. Jamie, it was such an honor. Thanks again for having me on. Many women have done excellently, but you surpassed them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. We hope that you enjoyed this week's episode on the Unashamedly You podcast. And now for the big announcement that you all have been waiting on. Hey, podcast listeners, it's Chloe here, and I'm so excited to be joining all of you at the Unashamedly You Conference in Little Rock, Arkansas, September 22nd and 23rd. Make sure you grab your tickets. This is going to be an amazing event that you do not want to miss. I can't wait to see you there.